Right, it is time, ladies and gentlemen, for another fantastic podcast from the Good Drop Podcast. This is the uh, late night edition with our smooth hot chocolates in front of us. Yes, we are, uh, of course, doing an episode, as we suggested last week, on cream liqueurs. So naturally, we have Kahlua-based hot chocolates. Frangelico-based hot chocolates. Yes, thank you, Frangelico, because Kahlua would be... Coffee. Coffee hot chocolate, which is still very nice good. Nice mocha, or a, mm. hot, or a mocha. Indeed. Indeed. But yes, for, for Angelico-based hot chocolates, mm. thank you for correcting me there. So good. So and very, very tasty. And uh, so, as always, I'm Michael. And I'm Stuart. Cheers. Cheers. Fantastic uh, Frangelico hot chocolates that we are having on account of uh, cream liqueurs mm. being uh, what, what we are talking about in this podcast. Yeah, we. Uh, I yeah, I decided to make us up some hot chocolates because it's one of my favourite drinks to drink on a cold night. Mm, Not it, that it's it especially cold at the moment, but well, it's it's summer, but it's, it's cool. cool for summer. Mm. There's a lot of rain around, as yes. as of the time of recording, which is not nearly Christmas as it sounds when we release this. Yes, but it it will be Christmassy hmm. around around that time, and uh, we we recommend that you prepare for Christmassy things with other Christmassy with things. other Christmassy things. Yes, and by stocking up early. In remembering, and we'll, we'll remind you again in the next episode as well, bottle shops are closed on Christmas Day. Yes. It's, it's struck me before. <laughs> I've I've suffered accordingly. How, how did you forget? Like, well, this everything was, is closed on Christmas I, I Day. I know, this was many years ago. This was 2007. Ah. Yeah. And yeah I've, you can't be held accountable for what happened 10 years no, ago, well, right? No, well, since then, I, I have you know, a, a well-stocked wine rack, so mm-hmm. I never have that problem. Mm-hmm. Yeah, same. Um, there's nothing worse than being unprepared on Christmas. Yes, you, you need something, mm. anything. And ladies and gentlemen, I sincerely hope you didn't put up your tree too early. Yes, that that's just... There's a time and place. If if you've put your tree up when don't, the don't, large don't be department Woolworths. stores have put their tree up, yes. you've done it too early. Don't be Woolworths and put your tree up before Halloween. Yeah, no. So <laughs> while we're talking about strange things, though, let's jump straight into our odd drop. Oh, man, this is gold. Yeah, so it's, it's not it? a it's cream hilarious. liqueur, but is we, it? we it? couldn't we couldn't go past it. it it's not. It is... Uh, it looks creamy. It is Unicorn Tears Gin Liqueur. It's creamy and sparkly. Which it is certainly sparkly, <laughs> and it's... Uh, it has a description that sparkles. We, we, it's not normally like us to want to read you a description that the company pushes of its own product. But this, this is, is probably the best description I've ever heard it's, of it's, any it's alcoholic terrific. beverage. Yeah, so we'll uh, we'll put it on uh, on our Facebook, so you can read it and enjoy it. And uh, <laughs> I will read it to you now, so <laughs> you can already. <laughs> enjoy it right now. So, the Unicorn Tears Gin Liqueur is a magical, mythical, glittering spirit 
made purely from the tears of humanely raised unicorns. <laughs> the unicorn emotion harvesting technology, patent pending, results <laughs> in a magical gin experience and an iridescent glittery shimmer that will blow your mind. To obtain this unique and beautiful taste, the free-range unicorns are humanely fed bucket loads of citrus fruit, oranges, juniper berries, bunches of coriander, and sticks of licorice. Then, forced down with a giant pink and gold glittery pestle, like fantasy foie gras. <laughs> then reaping of the tears as they fall to the ground. To unleash their magical powers, swirl the bottle, behold its shimmering majesty, consume the mythical spirit. <laughs> and that's that pretty much sold me on... Yeah. You have to buy this stuff online and import it, but... We we want to. I I think it's officially added to our list. Yeah, it's it's less than sixty dollars a bottle. I, I'm not sure what they charge for postage. I didn't check. Yeah, but less like than sixty dollars a bottle <laughs> is still. You know, I mean that that takes it up there, but mm. it's it's shiny. Mm. Like it's literally it's a shiny, strange looking. When when I first saw a picture of it, it looked kind of like white cotton candy almost. Okay. Which is interesting, but yeah, yeah it's... It's got that uh, pearl dust in it, I think, to make it sparkle or glitter. Yeah. Like, um... Oh, what's that other drink? There's another drink. Um, I forget what it's called, but it's super duper sparkly. It's purple. Oh, right. I've no idea what that is. But, uh, yes, they, they say mm. that, um... It'll come to me the, uh, the Unicorn Tears Gin Liqueur... Well, it, it's a London dry gin, but, of course, it's sweet because it's a liqueur... And uh, they mix that with an iridescent glittery liquid to give it an impressive shimmery appearance. Mm, and it, it, it sure is impressive. Yeah, it, it really is. Yeah, I, uh, I'm i not sure how it's going to go as a sweet gin, but I'm curious. Yeah, yeah, as, as am I. I mean, the gin, it's London dry gin itself is quite pleasant. Mm, as you heard last week. Yeah, so a, a sweet London dry gin sounds intriguing, to, mm. to say the least. But uh, oh, let's yeah. let, let's a... get to to the point though to the, to the point, cream liqueurs. We're, well, we're probably going to die from sugar overload. Yes, these all these drinks that we're talking about today are super duper sweet. Like Frangelico is approximately forty percent sugar by weight. Yes, because basically <laughs> a liqueur is a an alcohol that is flavored with some kind of herb or cream or spice. And then sweetened. And then sweetened with a bucket load of sugar. Hmm. And if you hear that creaking in the background, that's my boat rocking around. Yeah, so uh, well, let, let's actually let's go back to the beginning, back to before cream liqueurs existed, back to the origin of liqueur itself, because we, we need to cover this at some point, I suppose. Yeah, well, we, we have to start at the beginning, otherwise, yeah. wh why are we here? Yes, exactly. So uh, let's start with uh, the origins of the word liqueur. Because it actually comes from the Latin liqueface, which means to dissolve or melt, to, to liquefy. Hmm. Which, it, it's an apt name for liqueur, because it is literally things liquefied into a base spirit. Yeah. and uh, Mostly sugar liquefied into a base yeah. spirit. <laughs> yes, and uh, so the, the, the history of liqueur can actually be traced back as early as the 13th century when uh, liqueurs were, like so many things, uh, medicines. Mm. 
mm. that uh, were prepared by monks initially. And uh, in fact, one of the earliest liqueurs is chartreuse, which was made by monks from an ancient recipe and is the only liqueur in the world with a completely natural green color. Really? Yeah. Not uh, absinthe? Um, well, that's not a liqueur. Right, you are. Yeah. Now, uh, the story goes that in 1605, Francois Hannibal d'Astres gave an ancient manuscript entitled Elixir of Long Life to the monks of a chartreuse monastery in Vouvert. And uh, it then took them almost a hundred years until 1703 to decipher the manuscript <laughs> and make the first chartreuse elixir. Now, we, we must note that there are, in fact, one hundred over 130 ingredients Holy in moly. the traditional recipe for chartreuse. I didn't think there were that many. Most and, of the uh, beverages we've talked about only have 20 tops. Yeah, and uh, apparently some producers still make it with that original recipe and all those wow. ingredients. Wow. And uh, yeah, and so from from those humble beginnings of a ludicrously complicated beverage, <laughs> we get to the modern liqueurs of today, which are mu- much more simple. Which are much more simple, yes, like uh, our good drop uh, Bailey's Irish Bailey's. Cream. It's a which, cream liqueur. Yeah, funnily is, enough, yeah, literally an Irish whiskey mixed, mixed with, cream. with cream and herbs and sugar. Yeah, can't uh, forget those. That makes sugar, it yes. our favorite liqueur. Uh, that's our good drop. It, it is our good it is drop. The most popular liqueur on the market mm. today. It has, in fact, been the best-selling liqueur worldwide the last three years in a row. Amazing. Yeah, it's uh, pretty impressive, and by by a lot as well. Like they, this year, I think it was six point. No, sorry, last year, two thousand sixteen, they sold six point four million units. And uh, the second highest selling liqueur only sold 3.55 million. So it's in the lead by nearly double. Yeah, by by nearly double. So it's it's, it's hugely popular. It's, it's very well known too. Oh, yeah. And I know when I'm at the bottle shop and I see Bailey's and then I see like half a dozen other Irish whiskey and cream liqueurs, I think, oh, they're probably just knockoff brands and aren't as good. Yeah. <laughs> Because Bailey's is so popular. And so well-known. It's only been around since 1974. Mm. Um, when uh, uh, Gilby's of Ireland decided, oh, we need something we can push to the international market. And that's pretty much how mm. Bailey's and, was born. And that was it. And it, it was <laughs> the first Irish cream liqueur mm. to, to go on the market. So that that could be why it's so synonymous with Irish cream, mm. well, and with cream liqueur in general, because it, it was the first. Sure is. What really impresses me about Bailey's, not uh, aside from the fact that it's the best-selling spirit or liqueur by du- nearly double, it's their sh- their shelf life guarantee. Oh like, yes, that's impressive. It's gar- from from bottling, they guarantee it for two years, stored in, you know, reasonable conditions, zero to twenty-five degrees Celsius. Sorry, US guys, will have you'll have to translate that to Fahrenheit. Uh, and whether it's open or unopen, uh, chilled or room temperature, they guarantee to 
have this it's guaranteed to have the same flavor for up to two years which is pretty impressive and uh, especially when you consider how many different flavors they now provided in yeah. to, to say that it's going to keep that because it, uh, cream C- cream is really bad for storing mm. long term but uh, according to um, according to Bailey's the alcohol itself helps to preserve it yeah. which is why they don't need any additives or preservatives well that's good <laughs> and uh, yeah, so in, actually, uh, speaking of uh, flavors, in in two thousand five, Bailey's actually launched a uh, mint chocolate flavor and a uh, creme caramel variety as well. Yeah. And then in two thousand ten, they launched a hazelnut flavor. And uh, most recently, this year, a vegan variety made with almond milk called Bailey's Almond. I kind of want to try it. I'm really curious. Yeah, yeah. As as am I. I mean, I think I'll. Yeah, I'm not going to get my hopes <laughs> up just so so that it can impress me, hmm. because I I want it to impress me. Yeah, well, it you know it could be good. Yeah, I suppose if you like almond milk, it'll be yeah. If, awesome. if you like almond milk, it I should wonder be good. if it'll have the same consistency as well because it gets it that thick, creamy consistency from the cream. Mm. So I wonder if that's gonna they're going to be able to keep that without putting heaps of additives in it like vegetable gums and whatnot yeah well let's uh, let's hope i suppose i mean they, they already use vegetable emulsifiers in it mm. uh, in part of the production process to make the cream mix properly with the irish whiskey and not separate Could stay mixed yeah so potentially they would just add more of that perhaps I don't know. Unless there's not the risk of almond milk separating from alcohol the way normal cream does. I honestly have no idea. Yeah, me uh, me if, either. If anyone from Bailey's is listening... Yeah, we'd, we'd like to know. We'd, lo- we'd love to know. Mm. Send us an email, a good drop at gmail.com. Yeah, and uh, <laughs> if there's any vegans listening and you try this, yeah, let, 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 let us, us know. know if how how it stands up to other quality vegan products because we we know there's good vegan products out there Mm. and uh you know most alcohols are vegan because it's just alcohol yeah and flavoring yeah and and flavoring for for the most part yes Mm. but of course with your cream liqueurs there tends to be dairy in it really yeah well cream (laughs) yes amazing So, so not vegan but uh yeah, so something else that's not vegan, though, is our uh, Top Drop. Top Drop. Which is also an Irish cream liqueur. It is Kerry Gold Irish cream liqueur. It's won five awards? Um, Three. Uh, something like that. And this year, it won Best Cream Liqueur at the World Liqueur Awards, mm. which, is, uh, which is very good. Uh, apparently, it's made with natural Irish cream, aged Irish whiskey... And actual chocolate, not chocolate syrup, which uh, apparently a number of chocolate cream liqueurs just use chocolate syrup, and why yeah. wouldn't you? And you can taste it. You can taste the difference between real chocolate and chocolate syrup. Oh, yeah, definitely. Easy. It's like the... I don't know if anyone's had chocolate-flavoured protein shakes or um, chocolate-flavoured icy poles or paddle pops. Yeah, there's there's a distinct difference. Mm. Now, the uh, Kerrygold Irish Cream Liqueur, I was not able to locate for purchase in Australia. 
sadly, though that that was after only 10 minutes of searching, so we, we don't know for sure that it's not available. No, but it's not available but, at Dan Murphy's or First Choice. Yeah, it's not available at, at those major retailers mm. where you normally find the more obscure, harder-to-find things. Yeah, and it isn't a craft whisk Irish cream. No, no, certainly not. It, it's been around cream, for... So. For a yeah. couple of years, yeah. Well, I mean, Dan Murphy's won't stock cra- crafts alcohols. Yeah, short run stuff. They mm. they won't touch it no, because they, they like to buy in bulk. Yeah, which yeah. is fair enough. That that's how they offer everything everywhere. Yeah, exactly. The the makers of bottle shops. Yeah. <laughs> yes, indeed. Yeah. So, do you want to move on to our next beverage? Um. Yes. So, oh, actually, did uh, did I finish talking about it? Yes, I did finish talking about it. Great. Yeah. So we'll talk, so talk a little bit about Kahlua, the uh, top Mexican drink, liqueur, sorry, uh, created by a man called Pedro Domecq. Man? Or a spirit company? Um, it's hard to say. Could be both. Could be both. Uh, it was... Its name means the house of the... Akalua people in Veracruz Nahuatl language. I'm sorry for the pronunciation. It was, it was spoken before the Spanish conquest of Mexico. And it's made from coffee grown, grown in the Veracruz region city in Mexico. It's not much else to it. It's a coffee nice. liqueur. Goes yeah. really well in uh, tiramisu if you don't want to use Tia Maria. Mm-hmm. Yes, true, and uh, and it's it's just a, a good mixer in general. Really, mm. heaps of cocktails that you can make with it. Uh, it goes all right with Coke if you like Coke and coffee, Coca Cola. Oh, yeah. uh, you know, it goes really good in milk, of course. Well, yeah, all cream liqueurs do. Yeah. yeah. Um, so yeah, your dark Russians, your coffee martinis, um, cooking stuff. Yeah, it's good. Yeah, certainly. I mean, you can use it in uh, in cakes. Mm. People have if you want to, you know, soak stuff and get that sort of creamy coffee flavor soaked into whatever or into your icing. I mean, th- th- there's a lot of different uses for cream liqueurs. Yeah, and. You can also drink it over ice for your mm. nice, refreshing iced coffee. Yes, that is well for that iced coffee flavour. Maybe mm. add a little extra milk and a little more ice. And, and Bob's your uncle. Yeah, but balance it out however you want, really. That's, yeah. it's that's you, the You're drinking it. it. You, you decide. Yeah. Exactly, because these these are, are simpler drinks mm. for, for a simpler time. They don't have oh. that uh, heavy... <laughs> they they don't have that heavy sort of subculture around them that some other alcohols have. Yeah, I suppose like beer and rum. Yeah, that I guess lower class riffraff sort of drink. Yes, well, and you know pirates because well, pirates. Yeah, pirates drink because rum. pirates. Yes, because pirates. But I suppose pirates would drink uh, would drink Bailey's or or Kahlua. Really, they'll 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 drink anything. I don't know if they would. They, I suppose they'd want stuff that's stored all right on a boat. Mm, well, if the boat stays relatively cool, it's it's good for a couple of years. Very true. 
flavor guaranteed. Throwback to yeah. ten minutes ago. Well, our, our next one is a Jamaican version of Kalua called Tia Maria, which I think has the most interesting story behind it. Yes, since uh, since of course the most popular just has the story of we wanted something we could sell. Yeah, which isn't overly interesting. But Tia Maria, yes, do do tell us it. It is an interesting story. Yeah, it's a. Apparently, it's got a tale from 18th century Jamaica, where a young Spanish girl was forced to flee Jamaica and her family plantation with a servant who was carrying a little bit of jewellery and the family recipe. Uh, She called the drink Tia Maria in honour of the servant who helped her, Tia Maria meaning Aunt Rose in Spanish. And, yeah... She named it that for the woman who saved her life. And apparently then it was discovered just after World War Two by a Dr. Evans who started reproducing it. Right. And yeah, that's that's far more interesting than, well, you know, we wanted to make some money outside <laughs> of Ireland. So this is what we're going to do. We're going to sell Irish cream. Far, far more we, interesting. We got some leftover cream. What do we do with it? Uh, I don't know. Mix it with some whiskey and mix it with some whiskey it. and yeah. <laughs> and hey, it's it's good. Let's sell it to other countries. Isn't Bailey's one of the ingredients in an Irish car bomb? Yes, it is. In fact, because an Irish car bomb is uh, Guinness and a shot of a shot of Bailey's. Isn't shot it? of Bailey's, I believe. And you drop the shot of Bailey's into the Guinness, and then and you skull it. Scott, though, I think there's actually another ingredient as well in an Irish car bomb. I think so. I can't remember, though. Uh, I think it's Irish whiskey, actually. <laughs> like, the the shot is sort of a, a half-half. Half-half of Irish whiskey and Baileys? Yeah. I'm, I'm going to double-check, because I, I feel like I should know this. All right. So while the man is double-checking, I'm going to flip my page over and talk about Frangelico, because it's... It has the most unique bottle on our list today. Uh, it's a hazelnut liqueur, and the bottle rep- resembles a Francescan monk, or friar, sorry, Francescan friar. But interesting and interestingly enough, the man the bottle was named after, or the spirit was named after, it, Fra Angelico, uh, was an artist who was actually Dominican, so he would have had a white robe without the cinch uh, or rope around Hmm. his waist. So there's probably a little bit of creative license there. Yeah. Uh, And, yeah, it's a hazelnut liqueur made with hazelnuts, obviously, some other herbs thrown in. And they, uh, yeah, they soak those ingredients in a base spirit and then uh, sweeten it and probably add some water to it to, uh, to, uh, I'm drawing a blank, I've had a long day, mm-hmm. to reduce the alcohol by volume to around 20%, and then they bottle it in the fancy bottles. Oh, right, yes. And of course, it's uh, it's also part of a uh, pretty decent cocktail. Mm. There's a few. Uh, there's chocolate cake. There's, uh, I don't know, hazelnut hot chocolates, which is what we're drinking tonight. Yeah. 
which is uh, pretty pretty fantastic. Yeah, apparently you can drink it over ice. I haven't myself, but apparently it's all right. Mm, right. And uh, so let's quickly revisit the Irish car bomb because I've looked it up. I, I was correct. It's uh, 250 mils of an Irish stout like Guinness or Kilkenny. And, uh, oh, Kilkenny's a stout, but go on. And then uh, 30 mils of Baileys in, in a shot glass with another 20 mil of whiskey added oh, to that. Holy. So you'd be using a shooter glass rather than a shot glass to, mm. to fit 50 mil in it. Then you drop that into the stout and drink it, and that's that's your Irish car bomb. That sounds pretty deadly. Because, you know, mixing alcohol with more alcohol. Yes, and I, I'm sure always the, a winner. The, the pun of saying that an Irish car bomb is pretty deadly was unintentional. <laughs> it was, actually. <laughs> it was. <laughs> and uh, for anyone listening in Ireland, uh, we apologise and suggest that if you don't like the idea of an Irish car bomb, drink an Irish flag, which <laughs> is... Uh, 15 mil of Baileys, 15 mil of Grand Marnier or Brandy, and uh, 15 mil of Creme de Monde. That sounds nice too. And of course you layer them in a shooter glass so that mm. it looks like an Irish flag. Huh. Hmm. Why not? Why the, not um, indeed. Irish car bomb must be related to the IRA. Uh, Irish Republican Army. Mm, I, I would imagine so, though it's probably... Uh, There's some really rough times, I hear. Yeah. Yes, indeed. And, uh, of course, the um, Baileys is also uh, a part of an ABC shot, Amaretto, Baileys and Cognac. That's a more toned-down ABC yes. shot, from what I have yes, it, It's a classier known. ABC shot. Classier ABC. Because, yes, there is also the ABC shot. Which is Absinthe, Bacardi 151 and Chartreuse. Yes, and that will mess you right oh, up. It's just one 30ml shot of pure burn. Yeah. Not not fun. Uh, yeah. Surprisingly enough, none of these spirits so far uh, are owned by Bacardi. Yeah, no, we, uh, we're a little surprised. I mean, the Baileys is, of course, still owned by quite a large conglomerate. Mm, Diageo, um, didn't you say? Yep, Diageo yeah. owns, uh, owns that. Of course, Diageo also owns Smirnoff, Johnny Walker, and Guinness. Yeah, and Frangelico is owned by Campari, which is another big spirit company. And... I didn't write down who the other two are owned by. But, yeah, not Bacardi. Yeah, no, which, um, yeah, because Bacardi does own a lot. It owns a huge amount. They're, um, yeah. Every, they're probably on the verge of buying out another spirit company. No, they, they may be about to buy Diageo. I mean, who knows? Who knows? But, yeah. I mean, nothing against them. They still produce a... A lot of good beverages, that, yeah. but the guy who owns, who runs the company, must be just rolling in it. Oh, all the way to the bank for sure. Mm. But I suppose they probably if, get someone else to roll in it for mm. him all the way to the bank. And if, if, you, if you've, <laughs> yeah, if you've got the money to buy up quality products and then you don't interfere with their production mm. and you let them keep doing it the way they've been doing it, then fine. As yeah. long as you're still making the right product the right way. We're not going to complain. Buy up whatever you want and keep selling it. Maybe sell it at better prices because you're bigger and you can afford to. Here's to hoping for that. Yeah. Um, well, the Tia Maria was owned by a few different companies. 
before finally settling with uh, Pernod, I think it was. Yes, yes, Pernod for, for that one. Um, yeah. And yeah, they it's, <clears throat> it's changed a few hands over the years, but still has the same flavour. Yeah, which is good. Clearly they've the owners have changed, but they've allowed the manufacturers to just keep doing their thing. Mm. Which is nice. It's nice when companies do that. Don't try and quote-unquote change for the better. Yes, exactly. Or when they get something that wasn't particularly loved but well, on, on a broad scale, but had a very small base of people who really loved it, mm. and it wasn't doing as well as it could have been, it gets bought out, and they change it to try and make it fit a larger audience. More mainstream. But yeah. then they they lose the original... Yeah, the original fan base because you can't please any everybody. Yeah, because you can't please everybody. Yeah, and yeah. Anyway, that's probably getting close to the end. Uh, how many bottle caps would you rate my <laughs> drink making abilities? Uh, so I, I would, uh, I'd, I'd rate uh, the Frangelico, rate the the Frangelico. Hot chocolate because I can't rate the Frangelico by itself. I didn't have it by itself, but I'd rate the Frangelico hot chocolate at uh, probably eight bottle caps out of ten. Eight out. Yeah, I'd probably say the same because it's reasonably easy to make. Like I made it a bit more complicated because I used real chocolate and milk and made it on the stove, but you could easily just make a uh, hot chocolate from a powder and then just put put a shot of Frangelico in. Yeah. I mean, it's no. No more effort than making a coffee. Yeah, really. Quite uh, quite simple. So uh, still, in... still an evening drink, though. I don't recommend drinking one before work. Yes. <laughs> yeah, so in uh, in the lead-up to Christmas, we are going to get slightly more Christmassy. Mm. So uh, our next episode will be brandy. Brandy. Fantastic drink to mix in with your Christmas cake. Yes, indeed. and Famously uh, mixed with Christmas mm. cake. And uh, often uh, put into Christmas trifles as well, mm. uh, along with sherry, of course. But we'll touch more on that in our Christmas special. So look, uh, look forward to that one, folks. Yeah. We are having a Christmas special. Yes, indeed. But next up, brandy. So be sure to tune in, and uh, of course, let us know what you think. Tell your friends about us, and if you want to say anything to us at all jump on our uh, Good Drop podcast Facebook page. Or send us an email at gooddrop at gmail.com And uh, until next time, cheers. cheers. <laughs>